Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 6, 2015. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book and we will begin reading the last paragraph on page 152, beginning with You Are Going to Meet. Please read through two paragraphs ending our own recovery proves that. So the first paragraph will be for context and we will share on the second paragraph this morning. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Tasha G. For the 12 traditions, Janice B. And our readers for the text will be Elaine B., Rebecca F., and Anita J. The reference number for Wednesday, August 5th, 2015 is 7893. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. Neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations, OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tasha G. to read the 12 steps. Tasha G. Would someone like to read the 12 steps for us this morning? I, Sally, I can do that. This is Melanie. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Oregon, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and, made, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God 
as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Melanie. I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, vision for you. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, or and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Janice B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 152, beginning with, at the bottom of the page, with, you are going to meet. We will read through two paragraphs, ending with, our own recovery proves that. The first paragraph for context, and we'll share on the second paragraph. I will now ask Elaine B. to begin reading. Elaine? 
Thank you, Sally, for your service. This is Elaine. He recovered in Massachusetts. You're going to meet these new friends in your own community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. You will live in a large place. There are hundreds. High and low, rich and poor, these are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with a new and wonderful ties. For you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery and bad repute and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The Age of Miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. And that's exactly what got me into the rooms. And, um, you know, I remember my very first meeting, I could see the difference, or when I first started going to meetings, I could see the difference between people who were living these steps and people who were just abstinence. And the people who were living these steps really had a power of example that I could see. It was real to me. I was living in misery, fear, doubt, unbelief, trying to run the show, failing, just picking up another box, box, another bag, you know, trying to stuff all my feelings down, not knowing what to do with them. And I, I was a prey to misery. I was so sad and so lonely and so among myself, you know, um, trying to figure out everything on my own, thinking it was all up to me to figure out. And I came into these rooms and I saw somebody who, you know, I saw them bodies and that was great. That's what I wanted. That's what drove me. That's what kept me, came for the vanity, stayed for the sanity. And um, I ended up seeing something that really surprised me. I had a faith, but I saw people applying their faith in ways I had never, ever, ever seen before. You know, every time I read the doctor's opinion with somebody, I, I literally weep over the line that says, uh, Dr. Silkworth says that you may rely absolutely on anything these people say about themselves. What a transformation, you know, from people who are, are beyond help in the doctor's eyes to people that are the most trustworthy members of their community, people, the go-to person. Um, that was not me. I would have told you what to do, but it probably wouldn't have been right. It was out of my will what was good for me. And, you know, the two key things that I see here is that you desire it above all else. You really need to be ready for your ego to be smashed, ready to put down the food and keep it down, ready to work these steps with everything that's in you, um, and then make use of our experience. And, you know, that that is trust God, clean house, help others. You know, that's what the steps help us do. Um, that's the experience that that these people are working. And there's a saying, you know, one day without God, God knows it. Two days without God, you know it. Three days without God, everybody knows it. And that's how I feel about these steps. I need to trust God clean house every single day. 
or you're not going to see in me. I'm not going to be carrying this message. I'm going to be that right, you know, easing my way back into self-will, misery, depre- depression. And so um, thank you, everybody on the line that carries this power of example so beautifully. Um, it really shares a message of hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elaine B. And um, keeping in mind that we are sharing on the second paragraph or the very first full paragraph on page 153, who else would like to share this morning on what was read? Kim G. Renata. Okay. Sharon H. Okay, Sharon H. Janice B. Okay. Okay, let's go with those four. Kim G. And Renata, you'll be up next. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else, and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure that they will come above all else. You know, I, I, I think sometimes for me personally, I use this idea of willingness as a loophole. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to pray that I'm to be willing. And that gave me the excuse that I didn't have to do anything. And someone confronted me with the idea that willingness without action is fantasy. And I realized it was. It was a fantasy of this idea that I'm going to get recovered because I wasn't willing to take the action. It's a practical answer. So we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to put recovery first above everything? Above everything, we must be rid of our selfishness. And let me tell you, what I realize now is the best gift I can give anyone that I come in contact with from you know, immediate family members to the person I'm on the road with to my dogs is to put recovery above everything else. Because when I do that, when I'm in alignment with God's will and I'm practicing these principles, I'm a much nicer human being. But I have to tell you too, for myself personally, again, I think of page 25. Because after 17 years in OA, finding periods of temporary respite, some relief, but never, ever finding freedom. I remember hearing this in a meeting on page 25. The great fact is just this and nothing less that we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. And I had to admit, I had a lot of deep experiences in Overeaters Anonymous. It was a deep experience to find people that suffered like I did, to find out I had a disease, to find relief in the fellowship. But after 17 years and currently being in a five-year relapse, I had to admit it wasn't effective. And in fact, what it says, revolutionize. That means changing everything, my attitudes, my way towards other people. What I did was I tweak things. I would be nice to you in the rooms, and I would go back, and I would havoc in my home and in my work. I would change my attitude when it came to the food when I was losing, you know, when I needed to lose weight. But once I got the goal weight, I decided I could eat moderately again. So I have to ask myself, am I willing to change everything? Do I just want a deep spiritual experience? Or do I want an effective spiritual experience? Am I willing to make use of the experience of those that have come before me? You know, this book has not needed to change in this almost 80 years it's out. Why? Because it's works. And yet I still think in my own arrogance, 
I can improve it. So am I willing to do the directions as is because I want the promises that the book is telling me I can have if I follow these clear-cut directions? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kenji. Renata, you're up, and Sharon, you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York, and I want to focus on the same lines as well. Um, you know, well, first of all, for me, you know, it says the practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. And so I remember very clearly, you know, when I started listening to A Vision for You and I heard all these recovered people on the line, I was like blown away. You know, I had to find a way to believe that, you know, it happened for them, it could happen for me too. Because if I close my mind shut that it will never happen for me, then yes, it's not going to happen for me. But, you know, these people kept repeating the same message that they worked the steps, they surrendered, they worked the steps exactly as laid out in the big book, which is something that I had never tried before, and they recovered. And so, you know, I had to trust and believe that if it happened for them, it could happen for me too. And then it says, you know, should you, should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they, they will come. So, you know, the big book guarantees that if we're completely willing, if our recovery is priority, if we do what we're told to do, if we work the steps exactly as they are presented in this book, it's guaranteed that you are going to recover. And it happened for me. When I was willing to let go of all my old ideas, all the things, like Kim said, that I wanted to tweak, that I wanted to do my way, when I completely surrendered and worked the steps, it worked. You know, and then it says, the age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. And every day that I go to bed, And I didn't, you know, like, you know, I didn't cause harm. I didn't have to overeat for whatever reason that, you know, whatever life throws at me today, I have my step 10, I have my step 11, step 12. You know, by working this program every day, by living in these principles, I live a miracle every single day. I have a life that is joyous, happy, and free. And, you know, it never stops. It never stops as long as I'm willing to take action, to keep doing the spiritual, uh, to, taking, to keep taking spiritual action. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Sharon H., it's your turn. And Janice B., you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I, too, wanted to zero in on this. Um, How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you, should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience. We are sure they will come. And I love this chapter, A Vision for You, uh, but it is because of the fact that we have gone through um, all the rest of the process that is necessary to reach this point 
where we are given this vision of what life can be on a daily basis. Um, I came into this program after many years of trying to get abstinent and stay abstinent with uh, very little success. And uh, by God's grace, when I began listening, uh, they were in the doctor's opinion. And I had never uh, heard the doctor's opinion in any OA meeting. And even though I had been in another 12-step program for many, many years, I did not, what I finally saw was that I had not totally surrendered to the fact that I did have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it came to food. And that was the beginning of this process for me. And going through these steps line by line, paragraph by paragraph, um, working through the steps just like they're laid out in the big book. And as a result of that, uh, I am abstinent today, and I am so grateful for that. But even more than that, it's the miracle of I am learning now that the food is down, using these steps, how to not allow myself to get back into being powerless over people, places, and situations, because that was really my dilemma. I didn't know how to handle those things, so I always went to the food. And uh, I am just so grateful today that as a result of working these steps, and it's not easy, I had to see that uh, regarding the situation just yesterday. And so I am just so grateful to be a part of this program. I do look forward to seeing so many of you in October. Um, God has worked it out so that I can afford to come and be with all of you and see you face to face. And I just uh, reach out to people maybe who have struggled like I did, that this truly can happen because I had reached the point where I did not believe that I truly could. I could get abstinent, but I truly did not believe that I would be able to stay abstinent. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Thank you so much, Sharon H. And Janice B., you'll be up next, and then I'll jump in for a turn. Janice B. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive overeater, and grateful to be here and sharing. Oh, so I've got, I'm going to talk about the same line. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience and wish them above all else. I had come, I had been in and out of OA for so many years and um, and I, you know, when I came in, I wished for abstinence above all else and my focus was on abstinence and um and it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, I came in, I came back like five years ago that I wanted abstinence, but more than I wanted abstinence, I wanted that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. Because I was beat, I was beat by food, but I was also beat by life, and my way was not working and I was miserable. And um, and I think that by God's grace, I found a big book meeting and I heard a different message, um, uh, the message of going through the steps 
to bring about that personality change, and that's what I wanted, and that's what I, I was going to do, whatever it took. I heard hope, and I, I felt hope, and I, I did what was required. Um, I became obsessed with, with recovery, and, um, and I, if I fell off the horse, I got right back on the horse because there was nothing else for me to do. Um, and I am so grateful to be where I'm at right now and to, to be opening my mouth and, and not hiding anymore and, um, and being able to share what I've, I've learned. And that's, that's recovery. Um, and uh, I pass. Thank you, Janice B. And I'm Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. I'm going to just jump in here and take a look at this paragraph again. And um, because it's an important paragraph, it starts out by saying it may seem incredible. It may seem that it's impossible to believe. It might not seem possible to believe that this can happen to you. It says here, it may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. That might seem hard to believe that this is really going to work for them, but ultimately it was always about me. It's everything is always about me, 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 me. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? How do they do that? How did that happen? And here the practical answer to that, since these things have happened, among us, they can happen with you. You mean you're telling me if it could happen to me, it could happen to you? That's what they were saying to me, and I didn't believe them anymore. I was having a hard time believing that. It was incredible, unbelievable to me, because after being around these rooms for 30 years, for goodness sakes, you know, they kept saying, don't leave before the miracle. Don't leave before the miracle. And it was a resentment. I'm trying not to leave you guys. But I'm having a hard time believing it seems incredible. And then it goes on to say, should you wish them above all else? I wanted this thing bad. I I really did. And be willing to make use of our experience. That was the key. I wasn't using your experience. I was still trying to figure out my way out of the box. I was isolating. I was using my best thinking, which was sick thinking. And there was no way for me to get well because I was continually looking to me to get well, and me wasn't going to get me well. A sick mind cannot get a sick mind well. So when it tells us making use of our experience, take a look at page 180, what Dr. Bob says about this. He's referring to um, Bill W. when he comes to Dr. Bob. Uh, page 180, the second paragraph, not more, down a little bit lower, about 10 lines down, it says in the middle of the page. But this was a man who had experienced many years of frightened, frightful, drinking, who had had most of all the drunkard's experiences known to man. Okay, good. That sounds like me. I had most of all the binging experiences known to man, but who had been cured by the very means I had been trying to employ, that is to say the spiritual approach, because he had been working the Oxford group, but he didn't understand the, the, the allergy component. He gave me information about the subject of alcoholism, which was undoubtedly helpful. Of far more importance was the fact that he was the first living human with whom I had ever talked, 
Franklin knew what he was talking about in regard to alcoholism from actual experience. In other words, he talked my language. I always have to remember the bottom line to share my experience, my strength, and my hope. You don't need to hear anything else. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Who else would like to share on this paragraph, page 
and I was going to hit send, and I just chuckled, and I'm like, no way are you sending that. I hit delete. I rewrote, <laughs> I rewrote the email so that it had no self-pity in it at all, and it actually generated a wonderful conversation with a friend who I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see her. And, you know, in the past, I would, I would go to self-pity. I would go to these different character flaws to keep myself from opening up and being vulnerable and saying, here's what I need. Is there any way that you can help me? And that feels, boy, that is about a reduction in ego, and I don't want a reduction in ego. I want it, you know, and this foot is telling me that, you know, my ego has really got to talk into these last four weeks. And so that to me is the effective faith. It's no bolt of lightning, I'm now 30 pounds thinner, I'm now rich, I'm now perfect. It just helps me in the midst of my flawed humanity, something will click. And that is the miracle. And that happens in a million different ways. And that is the promise of this program, is that we will learn how to live more effective, giving lives. And the byproduct is actually joy that I feel more joy than I ever have in my life, even though ego stuff comes in. And um, so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. And Melissa, it's your turn. Deanna B., you'll be up next. Hi. Good morning. This is Melissa C., um, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Thank you so much for your service. Um, I just, I get the chills. You know, the age of miracles is still with us, our own Recovery proves that. And, um, you know, I am that miracle. I came to this um, program. I was in such a need of a miracle. I was looking, please, you know, save me, save me. I just, I wanted to be saved from my fat. (laughs) And, um, you know, and at that time, I think I thought that was really my only problem. And, um, and the miracle is that turned out to be the greatest gift ever because that brought me to what I really needed to fix and um, and what I needed to allow God to fix. And, you know, so, um, you know, the miracle is um, that I came here thinking I knew all the answers. I just needed the right food plan. I needed um, this OA diet. Um, it could fix me a little bit. Um and that, you know, that only got me so far. And, and when, um, when I became totally willing to receive um, all the help, you know, through the, through the fellowship, through what was being laid out before me in the book, when I took it without exception, without looking to tweak it, without trying to make it my way, um, but really accepting that... Um, if I wish it above all else and I take the experience of other people, um, my life could be transformed. And, you know, and it happened. And so, you know, I soon um, realized that, yeah, my weight was a problem, but it was me and my thinking that was really the problem. And, you know, and and the weight, although that's an outward thing, um, you know, I I to the people in my life, people around me, um, at first glance, they might see a visual miracle. You know, wow, you've really lost weight. Look, you know, oh, that's, you know, you must feel really good. But the people who really know me internally, 
know that there's a much bigger miracle that's in the works here. Um, you know, I had acceptance and um, and I've embraced what was once my greatest flaw, my greatest weakness, um, has brought me to where I, I have this beautiful relationship with a higher power. And I'm willing to listen. You know, I thought I knew everything. You know, this morning I got um, an email from a sponsee and she used a word. And now I like to think that I'm the smartest person ever. And um, I looked the word up in the dictionary. And then, and then I, you know, and I even shared with her that, um, you know, that I don't know everything. Um, I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And Deanna B., it's your turn. And then Vasa, you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally. My name is Deanna B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. And these last few days, uh, what we've read, it it just hits me uh, that uh, it can happen for me, and I never thought it could you know, and it says the practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you too. Uh, I just, it is a miracle that I am where I'm at and that God has brought me here and that I am prepared. I'm, I'm going to be having a bypass and something else done uh, next Wednesday and yesterday uh, I had, uh, what do they call it, uh, I was in the cath lab laying on this skinny table, and I remember in 2008, I could not lay there. I was so obese. I had the same procedure done, and um, I, I couldn't lay there. They had to put me totally out. The pain was so bad, and yesterday... I had closed my eyes just before they were, they were preparing me, and I closed my eyes and said, your will be done, God, not mine. But I wasn't hurting either. And when I opened my eyes, one of the nurses came and said, I, how are you doing? Um, great. And uh, we talked and talked, and I said, you know, I couldn't lay here. A few years ago, I was uh, a lot heavier than I am and not in as good physical condition. Well, how did you do it? And blah, blah, blah. And I told them, and what is Overeaters Anonymous? And here I am, I thought it was almost comical, laying there waiting for the doctor to come and tell me what was going to happen next. And I'm doing 12-step work. And I was out of myself because I was beginning to get a little, you know, anxious and projecting. And I didn't want to do that. And God did. God took care of me, took care of me. And this woman said to me, I would like to read that book, you know. And uh, so, you know, I planted the seed, or the the seed was planted by God. Uh, And if, I mean, I certainly didn't have any information there because they put me out right away, and I don't remember what happened. Uh, But... It was just a different experience for me being in the hospital for the few hours I was there uh, than ever, ever before. And the people that texted me and wished me, you know, uh, Godspeed for just this test. And um, I'm so filled with gratitude and uh, that I am where I'm here, where I am in this time and space 
with all of your beautiful people, and thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you so much. And Vasa O, it's your turn, and Nessa, you'll be up next. Okay, thank you, Sally A., for your service, and I am a grateful recovered compulsive Ovida calling from Massachusetts. And I am so, so, so grateful to God uh, that he let he put a person in my life life to let me to lead me to the OA uh, program and the Big Book and the Twelve Steps. Uh, reading the uh, doctor's opinion was just I just could not believe it. For the first time, I heard about the allergy, and as a matter of fact, I was over the sugars even one week before I came to my first meeting, because uh, my sponsor said it's it's a drug. It's poison, and it, I got I really got scared. So I thank God I did put that a week before I came to the program, and uh, you know I heard it didn't cost anything. You know all the things I did before it was always money involved, and I did not have mm-hmm. money, believe me, in, in those days. So I tried to deal and try to control the food by myself or reading books and or learning, or, you know, hearing what other people, how they were dieting, or, get, or getting um, diet sheets from doctors and all kinds of stuff. And nothing, nothing worked for me, and I needed to surrender. And that was my, that's what my sponsor said, Vasa, you need to surrender. Put the foot in God's hands and your life and will, and, and repent, you know, for, ask God for forgiveness. And God will take care of you. He'll do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And I had the willingness. I really had the willingness. I just did not want to die. And the willingness with action. I took the action because I did not want to die. And I I would go, I went to any length, any length not to go back into the food addiction. I still do, you know. And um, the only thing that's required for me, I remember my sponsor saying, the only thing I want from you is to pass it on to another sufferer, you know, and share your own experience, strength, and hope and how you've been able to conquer. And I do not conquer God and the program and the support. And I never, never thought in my life I would ever be freed from this obsession with the food or the transformation. I didn't understand about the personal transformation, the changes that happened to me as I was working through the steps one by one. And I became abstinent, uh, and I, um, I'm i just so, so grateful. Um, I'm not that sick and sick and dying person anymore. I'm, I have a joy and peace and, and love and contentment in my life today. I never imagined I could. And I'm looking forward to see everybody at the New Jersey Convention. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Basso. Oh, and Nessa. Europe. Nessa? Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R. I'm recovered in Toronto. Um, this paragraph um, really summarizes uh, what the whole book has been saying. And to me, it is that action is the main thing. Action, action, action. Um, you know, it starts with willingness for sure, and willingness is important, but uh, willingness by itself and not do the job. You know, I, from the moment I came into the rooms, um, 
I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, I was willing. I was willing to be free. But I wasn't doing what was required to be free. You know, um, I was doing some things. I was doing what I was seeing other people doing. You know, I was going to meetings. I was uh, reading some literature, you know, like the daily, daily readers and things like that. I had a checklist buddy. Um, somebody gave me the checklist. I was calling my sponsor, but that was really about it. And there's more required to this program than, than just showing up. You know, even going to a strong meeting, uh, which at the time I wasn't, I thought I was going to strong meetings, but I realize now that I wasn't. But even just going to a strong meeting is not enough. Um, hearing the message is important, but I will not get recovered by osmosis. I, I had the willingness, I had all the trappings, but um, not the action. It wasn't until um, I found my current sponsor and I, I realized if I want what she has, I have to do what she does. I have to eat the way she, uh, uh, the way she eats. I have to behave the way she behaves. Um, more importantly, I have to take the steps that she took and continues to take every day. And that's the message that I carry to my sponsees. Um, I cannot, the same way I could not be forced to, to, to take those actions, I cannot force my sponsees to take those actions. Um, if they want what I have, they have to do what I do. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. It's as easy as following a recipe. You follow the recipe, you get the results. You don't follow the recipe, you don't get the results. Uh, action and the correct action is the main thing, and this is what I think this paragraph is telling me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Leah, it's your turn. Thanks so much, Sally. The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we're sure they will come. I mean, this is definitely a message of hope, and, you know, that is what we have to offer, you know, whether we are recovered voices on phone meetings such as this or recovered voices in your uh, city or your town, um, you know, there's no motive for us to lie. <laughs> we are shouting the good news. Um, there are results to the application of these 12 steps, and it is um, – it results in a spiritual awakening, a personality change that's sufficient to bring about recovery, and that is the good news. And recovered people are like a big show-and-tell operation, and it is a message of hope, and it should be a message of hope. And, you know, this program of recovery enables people of all different kinds and all different types and all different backgrounds, people who would normally not mix, to somehow come together and, in spite of all the odds, experience change like you never see anywhere else. Because we're not talking about ordinary faith or ordinary religion. What we're talking about is a transforming experience, a conversion experience. However, however... There is work to be done here. You know what I mean? Let me just say that this program of recovery is as true today on Thursday, August 6th, as it was in 1939 when they penned, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. There is work to do. There is work to do 
Freedom is not free here. <laughs> freedom is not free. However, if you do apply these steps uh, in proper sequence according to these directions, you too can have these results. Our own recovery proves that. So your chances of recovery, if you're new, are 100%. 100%. But, you know, I must say just from my own personal experience, newcomers come in by the hundreds or retreads, and they leave by the 99s. You know, there are things that we have to do that are necessary to make this thing work, right? But you know, compulsive overeaters of my type against all the information and all the evidence and all the messages of hope persist in saying, I'm not really like that, therefore I really not do not need to do these types of things. Well, you know, if, if that's your attitude, then, uh, you know, the disease will have its way with you. So, you know, <laughs> there is hope. There is a way out. You don't have to live that way anymore. But in order to achieve that, um, there is work ahead. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And we have time for just one or two more shares on this paragraph. Is there anyone Hello, Harper. Harper? Yes. And one more? Okay, Harper, take it away. So much. Uh, you know what? I'm getting so much out of this conversation. And... Uh, I, I'm a sponsee now, thanks to this, this meeting and this, this program, and I'm getting so much out of sponsoring people. And uh, I hear my sponsees come in. They say, you know, I want it. I, I've been trying to get a softer, easier way, and uh, that's a really big thing that I thought for a long time. I want a softer, easier way, and. It's occurring to me right now in a big aha way that what could be softer, what could be softer and easier than surrendering everything to my higher power? What could be softer and easier than completely relaxing and letting go? You know, what could be softer and easier than giving up? Uh, And it does take some work. There is some work to do, and the steps give us the opportunity to get out of the way and come to a softer, easier way. But, uh, you know, hello, uh, trying to do it Harper's way for years and years and years was thinking I was going for a softer, easier way was exhausting, much harder. And the softer way is to just stop and give up and let go and let my higher power go and have a personality uh change where Harper gets out of the way and replaces uh, my personality is being replaced, my Harper personality is being replaced by my God personality. So that is a softer, easier way. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Harper. And there's room for one more. Did I hear? What did I hear? Hi, Sally. This is Kathy Kay. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Take it away. Thanks. Um, you know, I'm really prompted to share something which has been coming up for me lately in working with sponsees. Um, they sometimes equate being recovered with being perfect, and as a result, are not yet sure 
whether they can really call themselves recovered. And I think it's important for me and I would venture to say for all of us to remember that being recovered means we are actively working at our relationship with our higher power and living in the steps um, and working with others. Um, It does not mean we are perfect. We can experience the miracle suggested here and many miracles on a daily basis. And we are still human, and it's only through our relationship with our higher power that we can continue to live in recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you much. Thank you so much, Kathy Kay. And I think that we are going to close our meeting at this point. And I will ask Elaine B., I'm sorry, not Elaine B., but Rebecca S., if you would be so kind to read for us the uh, closing paragraphs in A Vision for You. Hi, everybody. This is Rebecca F. from Connecticut. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.